0: This week, we, uh, we kicked off Holy Week in a very interesting way, in a different way than, I, than I've ever seen Holy Week kicked off before. Uh, the Catholic Church was on the front page of every computer screen, every paper around the world, because there was a fire, and everyone like, kind of froze and saw it as something worth preaching on, or something worth reporting on. The fire at Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris is one of those things that, like, I think it, it hit everybody in a different way. Some of us, right, like us here tonight, it hit us because, man, this is a beautiful church, 850 years old, sacrament of the sacrament has been prayed in it, all the art, all the everything there, and the symbolism for us as Catholics, possibly destroyed, so we see the flames coming through the roof. If someone was an architect, they probably sat back and they were like, this is 850 years worth of work. That's now up in flames. Someone who's an art professor, man, I know that one window, it's really beautiful. The paintings, the, this and then that. Like it seemed like this, this fire, this tragedy kind of hit everyone and made us freeze for a moment and made us just kind of think and ponder something that kind of started the conversation towards God. Then, of course, after the after we see the initial reports and we see the the you know the tower in the middle come down and all these things, uh, you start seeing social media blowing up. I can't believe this is happening. What's going on here? Over and over and over, social media blowing up with all these different reports, all these different things of people like deciding now of all times that if I went to Notre Dame at any point in my life, I'm gonna repost that picture of just remembering the time I went and the impact that that building had on me. And then the conspiracy theories follow, must be arson. There's all these other things going on in Paris, da da, da. Uh, it, it must be all these things. It seems like one event was read from a thousand different perspectives, and it all came out at one time. Well, for me, as I was sitting with it, the next day, and it was really after all the pictures of the inside started to kind of come up, and you start seeing people posting pictures of the cross, and that beautiful Joan of Arc quote, hold the cross to high so I can see it through the flames. Like, all these beautiful images were coming out. There was one tweet that stuck with me, and it kind of hit me, and it hit me hard. Somebody tweeted out, said, you know, this whole thing with, I'm going to paraphrase, obviously, but this whole thing with Notre Dame, it's very, very, it's, it's kind of like we can liken our whole church to this episode. The cardinals and the clergy up at the top, and there's a fire burning, tearing it down, a threat to the rest of it. And once the doors come open, you see the stone and the columns and the vaulting and everything else still standing true and still standing strong, and that's the laity now, when I read that, I'll be honest, like at first I was kind of trying to dismiss it. The more I kind of sat and, and I tried to dismiss it and I tried to dismiss it and I'm like, man, I don't know why I can't shake this. Why is this tweet, I, I haven't done anything to, to, to tear down the church or to be a fire, I hope, right? Like, I, why is this thing sticking with me? And the more I kind of sat with it, the more I realized the reason why it was sticking with me It's because it hurts, and it's a little bit true. Like, I know, for me, I had to take a moment, kind of have some introspection. You know, my my sin might not be on a public, on on a front page of a paper, or a report coming from the diocese, or anywhere else. Those are out there, we see it, we hear it, I know, and we're tired of hearing it, but my sin whether it be one-on-one or in private or wherever it is, like, my sin causes that fire. And thank God we have a strong laity. Thank God we have the Holy Spirit who continues to animate the church and hold her true and firm and strong. And I'm not going to lie, I kind of sat back and it it, it was worrying me. Even as a priest, my sin can cause some major damage. But then, in the same breath, we hear about some heroes from around the cathedral that day. We hear about Father Jean-Marc Founier, the chaplain of the fire department in Paris. What he does is he runs in, saves the blessed sacrament, the crown of thorns, and some other relics, and brings them out to safety. Completely not paying attention to his own well being, running into a building that 100 feet above him, there is an inferno going on. He sprints through and saves the treasures of the church. The number one treasure, the Eucharist, and the crown of thorns. You see, priests have a tendency, like priests, when we think of a priest, a lot of times we can think of our local priest, but priests have an interesting space in the world, is that we're called to be heroic in the face of danger. There's a beautiful image of a priest in World War II, standing in the street, anointing, anointing soldiers who are dying, trying to take care of them. You see, this priesthood that we're given today comes from, it doesn't come from some kind of like wild idea or some kind of like new movement. This priesthood has roots all the way back to the Passover, all the way back to our first reading, all the way back to the Exodus where Moses is taking the Israelites out of slavery. You see, in the Jewish world, the priest had, there was was the main role of the priest was to offer up sacrifice on behalf of the people. And the two times that are most popular for us to pay attention to, that sacrifice is one at a time called Yom Kippur, time of atonement, the day of atonement, where they would bring before him a goat. Two goats, two goats. And they would lay, the, the priest would lay the sins of the people on the goat by laying his hands on the goat's head. One they would kill there, the other they would send out into the wilderness. This is where we get the term scapegoat. And when that goat in the wilderness would die, their sins would die with it. Now at my ordination, at Father, at Father Mitch's ordination, at Deacon Patrick's ordination in a few months, hurry up, um, there's a moment where the bishop lays his hands on the priest's head. That you're going to die on behalf of another sin. That you're going to die on behalf to forgive someone else's sin. The other place where we see this sacrifice being offered is what we read today in our first reading. The Passover. The time that we find ourselves in right now. Where the Passover lamb, lamb is sacrificed, the family would bring a lamb. We would; they would sacrifice it in the temple. Then they would go home in like a good cage and they would eat it. <laughs> Where there was a meal there, there was a sacrifice that led to a meal, to fellowship, and to God having mercy on them and their household, and literally passing over them. Now, the thing is, is that this time of year, and like that, that's a beautiful idea, and that's a cool understanding of it, and like there's these cool feasts that we don't really know about, but how does that apply to us today? See, the person of Jesus, he joins the priesthood and the sacrifice. Jesus is known as the Lamb of God, he's the, he's the Lamb of sacrifice. That's why he goes on a, on a cross. That's why he dies for our sins. Where he becomes the sacrifice that's offered for us to forgive our sins, to bring us into right relationship with him. And even down to today, when we're ordained, we become Christ. See, we're given that same, that same character to offer sacrifice, not by standing on a, not by being crucified on a cross again, but rather by standing behind an altar, our cross, and laying our life down for the faithful. One of the most beautiful moments in all, of, in all of Catholic liturgy, we'll have a little bit of a glimpse of it tomorrow, is the day, is that the ordination rite, when it's time for the priest to lay down. There's a prayer, and a priest lays flat on his face. And what that moment is in the ordination rite is for the faithful as a community to pray for him who's pouring his life out for them. See, this mystery, this, this mission that we're given as priests to be both sacrifice or both victim and priest, to offer the sacrifice and to be the one offered, it's something that we cannot, we we can never be relieved of, because it's who we are. It's who we're called to be. At uh, this year, I was able to go to seek uh, in January. It was a beautiful time for me. I, I know for myself, like. Kind of coming off the holidays, there was like a high there, and it was excitement. It's kind of like you hit the funk of like New Year's. It's like I don't know what. It's just kind of like it's a little rough patch, and prayer is kind of dry and things like that. So we went when we went to seek. I kind of took it on myself to get away from the group and go pray when I could. I didn't go to I didn't go to talks. I'm sorry, you know, like, but like I didn't go to all the talks and things like that. I went to big sessions, but for the most part, I kind of stayed to myself. And there was a moment during Seek that it seemed it, a lot of things clicked. Where at Mass one day, we were celebrating Mass. We had 600 priests or something like that. And I was able to give communion. And I realized that as people were coming up to receive communion, that this communion was not just me transporting Jesus to people that was sitting a mile away. But that this time of communion of me giving was me giving of myself. That when I say the body of Christ, it's a piece of me as well. Like sitting in prayer, I remember thinking there was this image that came to my mind that whenever I come to pray in the blessed, before the Blessed Sacrament, it's a lot less like me praying before some relic or statue. And a lot more of me praying before a mirror. That's who I am. That's who I'm called to be, pierced, poured out, dead, and broken for someone else. Every one of us, when we were baptized, were baptized into the priesthood of Christ. We're all baptized, priest, prophet, and king, and this sounds really awesome for the ordained priesthood, and this is the mission that Father Mitch, myself, Deacon Patrick Will, all of us are called to live and try and live every day, but ultimately, us being baptized into Christ's priesthood shows that we have that ability by our baptism to offer sacrifice for another. We have the space in our life, the the capability in our life being pushed by the Holy Spirit for us to offer sacrifice for another, to help someone else carry their burden. Who in your life today needs help carrying their burden? Who in your life today do you know can use some prayer. I think a lot of times as Catholics we can take this image of like we say oh, I'm going to pray for you it's kind of a cop out it's like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I'm going to do something but I don't have to really do anything no like do we believe in the power of prayer? Because we as priests baptized are called and, and, and given the power to intercede for someone else and to actually lift their burdens actually help them is our, is our faith strong enough there? Do we believe that my prayers actually do something? You see, today, as I've been sitting and praying more and more, I realized that tweet that kind of caught me off guard, that tweet that kind of bothered me, it's not true. Because you see, the priesthood doesn't exist to sit above and to reign over. I think if that person would revisit what they said in that tweet, they should say, yes, the laity held strong. The columns and the vaulting and the stone of the building held strong. And the craziness of the world and of sin cannot defeat it. And our position as priests Our rightful position as clergy is to be the foundation, which Christ is, supporting the whole thing. We're called to support you. You're called to support each other. And together we stand as a fortified fortress against evil. That we have continued to hear over and over again that Jesus Christ promised that no amount of hell can prevail. That the gates of hell will not prevail against him, against his laity, and certainly not against his priesthood. May we have faith to believe that. May we have faith that's strong to hold true to that. May we be bold enough and have a strong enough faith to live that.